to Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. Yeah. Ordinary. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, that was the last thing I wanted to be was ordinary. You know, and, and there are a lot of kids like maybe you were like me, you know. I wanted to be able to run the fastest or jump the highest or the furthest or throw the ball the fastest or whatever it could be. But I never, ever wanted to be ordinary. And you know what I've discovered? That's pretty much what we all are. And you know what? That is, that is the very philosophy of God. God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things, to accomplish extraordinary things. So you don't have to be the best and the fastest and the this and the that. All you need to do is be you and be faithful. I've had a lot of people that were heroes in my mind and in this sense. I wanted to be like them. When I was a kid, they played sports. Surprise, surprise. But as I grew up, I watched people and what they did or how they did it. And I'll tell you what, for the last at least 30 years, there is a, an individual that has just become the example for me. When I was studying pastoring, oh, I want to preach like this guy, I want to this and that. And now I just want to be like this man named Edward Kimball. I have talked about him before, and you can bank on it. I'll talk about him again. Because you know what was wonderful about this guy? He was ordinary, but faithful. You see, Edward Kimball, back in the mid-1800s, my friend, was a Sunday school teacher. And he wasn't one of the great Sunday school teachers of all times. Perhaps you've had one of those. They struggled through every moment of every occasion. But he had heard this evangelist preach about people and their souls and their destinies. And the Spirit of God convicted him about that. And he says, I've got, I've got a class full of little kids and every one of them needs to know the gospel. And he was terrified to communicate. Some of you know exactly what I mean by that. You know, well, well, what are you afraid of, you know? It is such a weighty thing to communicate the gospel. What if I miss? What if I, oh, who knows? But he, he, he curried up all of this courage. And he went to visit his, his first Sunday school student who was selling shoes. He was a shoe salesman. And he shared the gospel and the spirit of God opened up the eyes and the mind of this, this young man. His name was Dwight. And he came to faith in Christ that day. And this Edward Kimball, the only thing that we know about this guy is that he shared the gospel with a guy named Dwight whose last name happened to be Moody. And Moody so convicted himself to share the gospel, so overjoyed with this new salvation that he had. 
He had a reputation in the city of Chicago, and he was on the East Coast in Massachusetts. And you know what they used to call him? Crazy Moody. Because this guy would just walk up to anyone and talk to them about Jesus. You know, are you trusting? Hey, it's none of your business. I'm moody. It is my business, you know. And, and he would just, I mean, this guy God used, you know, in, in Europe and just traveled. He, he, he I think, personally met with um, over 100,000 people in his lifetime to share the gospel. God used him in this, this just profound way to reach the lost. I mean, he has this, this genealogy, so to speak, spiritually of leading this one guy to faith who became an evangelist, who won another guy to faith who also became an evangelist, who won another kid to faith whose name was Billy, last name Graham, who also became an evangelist. God using ordinary and accomplishing extraordinary things. See, if you have ever sat in that chair and talked about all the things that you aren't, so you do nothing, friends, this message is for you because you are exactly the kind of person that God wants to use. You see, when some flamboyant guy gets, I know, and I know everything there is to know, and they lay it all out, and you say, well, I can't do that. And then you're mistaken to think, because I can't do that, I can't do anything. Oh, that's wrong. Let's talk about a Sunday school teacher that God used to start pushing over dominoes to reach tens of thousands, perhaps millions of people to faith in Christ. I mean, I was a student at Moody Bible Institute. I'm part of that line of just one guy standing up and saying, I'll do what the Lord has called me to do. You know? God uses ordinary people, and that's what we're going to see here in our passage in Genesis 26. We have come to the point now where Abraham has died and now the only remaining person in this, this member, God made this covenant with Abraham and this enormous covenant. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those that bless you, curse those that curse you, but through you, I'm going to bless all the families of the world. Now Abraham's dead. Who's going to pick up the mantle. The Lord had already said it would be Isaac. And I'll tell you what, if Isaac is anything, he is ordinary. You read through this passage and you're like, well, he's just doing the same stuff his dad did. <laughs> What's extraordinary about this guy? And the answer is nothing. I, as a matter of fact, in this chapter, going through just the life of in some of the events of, of Isaac's life, I don't know that there's anything, we need to be like this guy. And you know what? <laughs> the only way I can say that is, is, is in his ordinariness. God uses ordinary people. And you know what ordinary people are like? They have ordinary problems. Look at verse 1. So Isaac's parents are gone. And there he is. Now there was a famine in the land. 
And, and you know, here he is in the promised land. What in the world is the, what's going on with this famine? I mean, surely God could have taken care of him, right? I mean, we've, we've read about a few miracles here and there of multiplied bread and fish. And I mean, nothing's too hard for God. Perhaps there's some things he needs to learn. And so there's this famine in the land. So ordinary people, they have ordinary problems. And besides the, the former fa famine, now this is so similar. Some of these events are so similar to the things that happened already in the book of Genesis to Abraham that some people have said, no, this is the same thing here. This, this is not a new event. But the author making very clear this, Moses writes, this was different than the one. There's a famine in the land besides the former one. This one's a different one. In the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech. Can we talk about the name Abimelech for just a moment? <laughs> Suppose you're a king and you have a newborn son. What are you going to name him? Well, Abimelech, of course. Why? Because Abimelech means my father is king. <laughs> I was tempted to name Alex Abimelech. <laughs> oh, heavens, but no. Why, why label somebody that way? <laughs> and so Isaac went to Gerar, the, um, to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines. Wait a minute, Abraham did the same thing. And notice here, and the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Because apparently that may have been his path. He was on his way to Egypt. Now there, this family is going to go to Egypt by the end of this book. And they're going to be there for 430 years. And they're going to be slaves. God says, not yet. Not yet. Don't go down to Egypt. Well, in the land of which I shall tell you, sojourn in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and to your offspring, I will give all of these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father, and I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and I will give to you, your offspring, all of these lands. And in your offspring, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's the same covenant that God made with Abraham. To make of him a great nation, multiplying his descendants. And you remember, of course, to be a nation, you've got to have three things. right? You've got to have people, so we've got to multiply those descendants. Remember that Egypt thing we talked about? Yeah. you got to have people. you got to have a land to put them in. And he just again repeated, I'm going to give you all of these lands. And then you need a law by which to guide them. The United States, when, when we became a nation, they, they wrote a constitution. What will be the document that guides these people? And so that is yet future. And you notice here in verse 5 why God is going to do this in the life of Isaac. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. And so we see that 
Ordinary people, they have ordinary problems, difficult days, a famine. But you know what else ordinary people have? They have ordinary fears. See, I can look around this room, and one thing I know for sure is that there are fears in each one of our lives. Now, they are not necessarily rule, ruling in our lives today, but there are fears that we have. Because fear is an ordinary thing. It is something to be conquered. It is not about being brave and trusting yourself. It's about trusting in God. But look at here in verse 7. Now when the men of the place asked him, <coughs> I'm sorry, when they asked Isaac about his wife, he said, she's my sister. Anybody remember this story? That's exactly what his father did. This guy can't come up with his own storyline. He's so ordinary. And so you know what he does? He lies. Now, we had already read, you know, when Isaac had his wife selected for him, Rebecca, that she was a beautiful woman. And so here he is sojourning in a land that is not his own. And people are saying, hey, Who's this fine-looking lady over here? Oh, she's my sea store. <laughs> and then we find out exactly why. For he feared to say my wife, thinking lest the men of this place should kill me because of Rebecca, because she was attractive in appearance. Funny little story in the King James Version. <laughs> as we, uh, we look at these uh, ordinary prop people having ordinary sin as well, you know, looking at them, he's just lying. I know how to be safe in this world. Lie to people. That's a terrible strategy, my friends. Lying is just, it is such a bad idea. And, and you know why we do that? Just fear. We let fear rule us and we try to use lying as a defense. Terrible. Look at verse 8. Ordinary people. Now when he had been there a long time, Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out a window and saw Isaac laughing with Rebekah, his wife. Now, <laughs> that word laughing there is very much related to Isaac's name. You know, which you remember was born out of the, the Lord said, Sarah's going to have a child in her. And she laughed. <laughs> and so they named their son Laughter. And so here they are laughing. Now, out of this, Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, she's your wife. How then could you say she's my sister? Well, something about that laughter perhaps was more than just giggling. The King James says he was, he was making sport with his wife. Well, <laughs> I forget what pastor it was, but he said, whatever sport they were playing, it's not a sport you play with your sister. <laughs> and so this had been so very clear, my friends. The jig is up, my friends. The lie is now known. And so behold, she is your wife. How then could you say she is my sister? Apparently the expectation of these people who worship idols is that people should tell the truth. Imagine that. Why would you lie to us? <laughs> 
It's funny how nobody likes to be lied to, but they're not that worried about lying to other people, huh? Wow, is there a word for that? Rhymes with stipocracy. <laughs> well, here it is. He says, look, I was afraid these people would kill me because of Rebecca. Yeah. Lest I die because of her. Verse 10, Abimelech said, what is this that you have done to us? One of the people might easily have lain with your wife and you would have brought guilt upon us. So Abimelech warned all the people saying, whoever touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Now I'm going to tell you this. This is the same name and the same place and everything that happened to Abraham. But Abimelech was probably what kings named their sons, thus the continued repeated name, you know. Um, but look at this guy. Apparently there was a lesson learned among these people. And he was terrified, knowing that the judgment of God might befall upon him. Isn't that something? Somebody learned a lesson from their father's experience. But it wasn't Isaac. And that's just sad. That's just sad. So ordinary people, they got ordinary problems, ordinary fears. They commit ordinary sins. And they experience ordinary hassles. I mean, look at here in verses 12 to 23. So Isaac here sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. That's pretty great, okay? A hundredfold, a hundred times what he planted is what he brought in. That's a pretty great investment. And so the Lord blessed him, and that's what we read. The Lord had blessed him, and the man became rich. And gained more and more until he became very, very wealthy. And he had possessions of flocks and herds and many servants. So that the Philistines envied him. God had blessed him to such a great degree. Which, by the way, is exactly what God had promised to do. Certainly that involved riches. And as you would read through the book of Genesis, throughout all of this family, all of his descendants had this same blessing and this blessing on their flocks and their herds and on their fields. God sent the rains at the right time. Never too much, never too little. He even told them, friends, if you're noticing it's a little dry around here, check your heart. Because the amount of rain that I send is my certainly connected to the obedience I'm seeing from you. That's not true for us today, by the way. God may use floods to accomplish his purpose today or droughts to move people, but my friends, specifically for the nation of Israel, that was true. And so the Philistines envied him. And you might say, why in the world is God blessing this guy's socks off after lying to these people? And I would suggest to you this. May I remind you how ordinary this guy is? God is not blessing him because he's such a cool dude. God is blessing him because God is a God of grace. God's blessing is his grace manifold to us, made known to us. 
not about our works, not about how well we're doing, but how good God is. And so he's got some ordinary hassles in his world. He's got envious neighbors. Now the Philistines, verse 15, stopped and filled with the earth all the wells that his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And so all of those wells that Abraham was, you know, he'd dig a well and then he'd name that place and then, you know, it always had something significant to the events going on. Well, the Philistines went around and filled those things, you know, put, put a bunch of dirt in them, said no. And part of that is, you know, to keep away the riffraff. We don't want a lot of people around here bringing their herds into our fields and, you know. But there they are, filled up. And Abimelech said to Isaac, <laughs> being the good neighbor, he says, get away from us. For you are much mightier than we. And now ask, I ask you this, where is the fear? Suddenly he was terrified of his own life. But God has now blessed him to such an extent that Abimelech says, we're a little bit afraid of you and we'd like you to just keep moving on. Now this is going to be a pattern as a matter of fact, you remember that whole Genesis account that's still yet future um, in, in Egypt? You know, they went down there willingly and Pharaoh said, hey, make yourself at home. But eventually, God continuing to bless and multiply these people, the Egyptians got a little afraid of these people. And so they determined that they would enslave them and make their slavery harsh and put taskmasters over them to get every ounce of work and labor they could get from them. It was their strategy to deal. So here is this envious neighbor. He says, you just go away for you're way bigger than us. Verse 17, so Isaac departed from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. There was no military battle. Isaac didn't say, well, you ain't moving us anywhere. Isaac just said, okay. And away they went. Kind of an ordinary day. And he encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. And Isaac dug again the wells of, his, of, the, of the water that had been dug in the days of Abraham, his father, which the Philistines had stopped after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the names that his father had given him. He's like, oh, we don't want to change a good thing. So here he is just walking in the footsteps of his father. No stepping out. No making a stand. No great acts of faith by this man. It's day after day after day. Digging wells. And then you'll notice in verse 19, he deals with a contentious neighbor. Because ordinary people, they, they face ordinary hassles in this life. Well, what are they digging up the street this time of year for? What's that all about? Why is that equipment there, you know? And just, well, there's stuff. There's stuff. Look at here in verse 19. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water... 
Well, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, the water's ours. And so they called the name of the well Isaac because they contended with him. Guess what the word Isaac means? It has something to do with contending. Contentious people. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. So he called the name of that Sitna. It means quarrel. And he's moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. Surprise, surprise. So he called its name Rehoboth. For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And from there he went up to Beersheba. You know where Beersheba is? Home. All of these events, all of these quarrels and contentions and all of these events brought him home. You see, God uses all those little irritants to get us exactly where he would have us to go. Nothing extraordinary going on here, my friends. You see, God blesses ordinary people just like me and you. And the Lord appeared to him in verse 24, the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and I will bless you and multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. And so he blesses us that we might know him. I am the God of, little introduction here. You want to know who it is that's moving your life? And bringing riches into your life, it is the Lord. And notice his response in verse 25. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. And so he is a worshiper of God. Faced the same struggles as his father, dug the same wells as his father, and now he is worshiping the same God as his father. Hey, there are some footprints you ought to follow in, my friends, but know when to step out. Know when to step out. And so God blesses ordinary people that we might know him. Here in verse 26, to bring glory to himself. When Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahuzeth, his advisor, and Phicol, the commander of the army, Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, seeing that you hate me, and you have sent me away from you? And they said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. You see what they're learning right there? Something about the Lord. That, that word Lord, you'll notice as you look at your copy of the scriptures, <clears throat> is all in capital letters. Do you notice that? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Do you know what that's all about? It's not for emphasis, my friends. You see, the name of the Lord is given to us. But people from certainly the Old Testament trying to honor the third commandment to, you know, not take the name of the Lord... <laughs> You know, and for granted, just be careless with it. They decided that they would never use God's name. Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say, you can't say my name, you know? I mean, to read the Hebrew Bible, there it is. You know, but translators said, what we're going to do 
is instead of writing God's name, we're going to put the all caps thing so you know that's where the name of God is being used, but you don't accidentally read it out loud for some reason. Again, that's very kind of them, and but probably many of you didn't know that until right now. You know? And because of that, if I ask you what is God's name, you don't know. And that seems odd too, because the Bible says it all over the place, but it's hidden. The name of God is Yahweh. Did you know that? You did know that. I've told you that before. Don't you remember? <laughs> yeah. It, it appears in that word hallelujah, Yah, Yahweh. That is the name of the Lord. And we are not careless with the name of the Lord. You know, one of the reasons, I suppose, that people don't use the name of the Lord in vain is because they don't know it. But if they knew it, they probably would. You know, but, but you ought to know what God's name is. I think it's Isaiah 42, 8. My name is Yahweh. That is my name. <laughs> Very clear statements from God. And so when we read, you know, that your God the Lord, you know, is in the, it is evident that Yahweh is blessing you. It is evident that the Yahweh has been with you. And so Abimelech, so we said, let there be a sworn pact between us, between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you that you will do us no harm. And there it is turned up on side its head. There is Isaac and there is Abraham, terrified somehow that while God made a promise to bless them and bless everyone that curses them, I mean, you know, I might misunderstood and these people will kill me. But just the blessing of God being evident in their life has brought fear to others. We're not messing with those people because the Lord is with them. And so here is the Lord bringing glory to himself. The evidence of his blessing. Clear to other people. The Lord has been with you. So let us make a sworn pact that you won't beat us up in the alley or jump us in the field or harm us in any way. This is them, the lower, coming to the greater and saying... Hey, let's make some kind of agreement so that we don't become, you know, hostile or you don't become hostile toward us. And look at how it ends. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast and they ate and drank. And in the morning they rose early and exchanged oaths and Isaac sent them on their way and they departed from him in peace. Believe you me, friends, they came to his camp in fear, but they left in peace. And I'll tell you this, I hope that's the way we leave other people too, in peace. You know, peace is the possession of adequate resources. Peace is the possession of adequate resources. You are at peace when you know everything is cared for where nothing will surprise you around the corner. No horrific event is coming days away. Peace is the possession of adequate resources. And they had the guarantee of this man. 
that he would not be their enemy. And so he sent them away with peace. Hmm. That same day, Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug and said, we found water, and he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. He's home. And finally, ordinary people have ordinary family problems. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, to be his wife. And Basemith, the daughter of Ellen, the Hittites, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. And so God isn't looking for perfect people to do his work through. He's just simply looking for ordinary people who will be faithful. And the only question that remains, my friends, is will you be faithful? God blesses ordinary people to be a blessing to others. God blesses ordinary people to be a blessing to others. He says, stop hoarding God's blessing. Be a channel of blessing, my friends. And be wary of sinful footprints. Follow those only who are leading toward God in righteousness. Be wary, my friends. Abraham was a great man. There's no doubt about it. But he sinned just like you and I. Let's stay away from that stuff.